Well, hello everyone. I'm Tina Raines and I'm happy to be with you today. And today we're with Dr. Joy Pocos. I'm gonna mess it up again. Postcosm, right? Beautiful. Beautiful. Postcosm. I love that. She is a integrative dentist. And so I just thought it would be fabulous for us to talk to someone in that field that is a business leader, also a dentist. And she has actually got a different um, vibe when it comes to her her practice. And so I wanted to have her share. So Joy, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started, and what does this integrative dentistry mean to the world? Fantastic. So I became a dentist because of braces, quite honestly. And I you know, I had the, the blinders on, dentistry, 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 dentistry. I graduated from NYU in 1999. And I uh, will skip over a few years. I started my own practice in 2006 in Chicago. And um, the integrative part, the integrative health uh, care dentist um, is really thinking outside the box. We're not just, you know, trying to look at, or I'm not trying to just look at the mouth because the mouth is connected to the rest of the body. So when I'm reviewing medical histories, which we review, you know, review uh, or get an updated one once a year, but I'm asking, you know, if you're a diabetic, when's the last time you've seen your physician? When's the last time you've checked your blood sugars? When is the last time your A1C levels have been have been checked? For those that are, you know, um, I'm afraid that uh, their loved ones are telling them that they're snoring. Well, let's talk about sleep apnea. Let me refu- re- you know, refer you to somebody who can do that sleep study for you. And so, you know, hopefully we can resolve that issue. So it's not just in my practice, you know, fillings and crowns and bridge and dental implants. It's reviewing overall health to make sure that if we're taking care of the, the rest of our bodies, if we are truly um, living uh, with self-care, that we're taking care of all of us, you know, all of ourselves, then our mouths are going to reflect that. And I promise you, you'll be you'll be spending less time in the dental chair. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, I think it's so valuable because if you think about our bodies and the way they work, and as a nurse myself, you know, I, I can get a little scientific, a little too deep, probably for some people. My husband laughs at me. He's like, honey, I'm not a nurse. Like I'll start talking about stuff. And I'm like, but the reality is the older we get, the more we need to pay attention to so many of these other factors. And so taking care of ourselves as leaders is imperative. And so I love the model. I love the fact, and we talked about it earlier that, you know, oftentimes dentists, doctors, chiropractors, anyone in medicine, they go to school for all these years for this practice but yet they don't get the side of, you know, leadership that they need in respect to business building. So I would love for you to share, like, what was that like for you taking that risk to start your business? How much practical tools did you actually get provided with? None, zero, goose egg, nothing. We were supposed to have a three-hour seminar. The guy gave us two sentences and split, and we never got um, a, a full three-hour course that we were supposed to get on the business of dentistry. Um, And, you know, so I went in working as an associate and, you know, unfortunately uh, trial, you know, trial by fire. I mean, you really, you're working in by, you know, the skin of your teeth, trying to figure out what works best for you. And hopefully you've got the coworkers um, in the dental world, that'd be like the front office coordinator and the insurance coordinator that is, you know, hopefully on your side. 
Um, and not just on the patient side, but also working with, you know, having to be a team effort to make sure that, you know, you are being taken care of. Um, and once again, that's not always the case. And it's unfortunate that in my story, I left the office that I was working at as an associate uh, when I moved back to Chicago because of negative reasons. Um, and, uh, but I felt I, after the four years of me being at that practice, I had learned enough to start my own. And unfortunately, again, it was what I didn't want to do. So because of those negative experiences, I tried to turn that around into positive things that I wanted to have happen. But I realized after the seven years after graduating, the only way I was going to be able to achieve that was starting my own practice. And that's what I wound up doing in 2006. Excellent. So what, what was the most difficult thing about starting your own practice? Wow. The worst thing, the hardest thing was transitioning the type of care that the original owner, because uh, I bought an existing practice. And what that entails is you're buying a, a book of patients, like accountants would buy a book of clients, as well as the dental uh, materials, dental chairs, so on and so forth. Um, and the hardest thing was to have a relationship with my patients that was going to be different than the relationship they had with their former dentist. Um, the former dentist was, uh, you know, per his choice, I mean, perfectly good dentist, but a little bit more hands-off when it came to the medical side of things, whereas I wanted to really, you know, have those conversations. And so bridging that gap, um, talking to people about their, their health care, um, at first I got, well, you don't need to know that. Um, that's irrelevant. That's not important. I'm here for a toothache. Well, you know, I want to go behind back to the why. How did we get there in the first place? Yes, we have this problem, but I'm not just a mechanic. I'm a doctor too. And I want to know the hows. I want to know the whys. And so it, getting over that learning curve from my patients um, was probably the most difficult thing in, in the transition from, um, from when I bought the practice to where I am now. Wow. So how did you overcome that? Did they finally start seeing the value in that and how the whole approach, I think that's one of the things in medicine and I'm seeing it with my elderly mother is mm. you have a specialist for this, a specialist for this, a specialist for this, but somehow the communication between everybody can get so discombobulated. So how did you overcome that in your practice? That is a really good question. Um, and I completely agree with you. And, and honestly, dentists aren't always looked at as highly <laughs> in the medical world. So for example, um, I have, because I also treat uh, geriatric uh, patients, I do make house calls, um, I will have to do an extraction on somebody. And, I'm, and if they're on blood thinners, I'm going to need per protocol, the physician who prescribed the blood thinner to give me medical clearance. To be able to, you know, to be able to, yes, this patient is medically competent for me to remove this tooth, number one. And number two, this is what the regimen is going to be about the blood thinner. The person is going to be off two, two days, three days, so on and so forth. Um, and me trying to get that information from the, the, from the doctor's office. Yeesh. Yes. That, that's a tough part because I'm dealing with the, the caregiver who may not be the power of attorney who may not be the medical power of attorney or the financial power of attorney, you've got the, and then, whoa, we've got the patient, right? The person who's centered around all of this, and we need the right hand to be talking to the left hand. 
So yes. yeah, I have so, a friend who actually, you know, we teach memberships. We have a membership, and we actually teach how to build online businesses and memberships of their own. And um, I keep telling her, you need to build a membership because she loves the geriatric patient. I'm like, you need to build a membership just for families who are dealing with their elderly parents, because there's so many things to think about from that. And I have friends that are case managers. I'm like, oh my goodness, you could have such an incredible program because the geriatric and many of the women that um, are listening today have parents in that age group, because that is our demographic. So a lot, we have a lot of women listening. We have men, hello men out there that are listening, because there are men that, you know, listen as well. Thank you, men. We may have to change this to masterpiece people or something, but um, they, they're struggling with that. And having mm. entered into that season myself, it has been very, it's time consuming. And if your parents don't live in the same city, I can't imagine how you do it. And so I do think there's a huge opportunity in that joy. If I had time, I would do it myself, but I just don't have capacity. So if anybody's out there listening that you want to do it, join our membership. I'll help you do it. Cause there's such a huge need oh, absolutely. to help these families navigate through this season when they're having these difficulties. So, um, I appreciate you sharing how you overcame some of that and how you are focused on the mind and, um, the body and the different health issues, because, we don't think of dentists that way. And I think mm-hmm. that's really a special niche you have. And I am always talking about niches. Now you have this niche that you go into people's homes and yes. specifically geriatric. Yes. How did you come up with that? Like, where did that come from? So my grandmother, um, it has horrible sciatica and she was, she'd be in her comfy chair with her heating pad and her channel, uh, well, her uh, public television, let's put it that way, in Chicago Channel 11. And, and she'd be happy as a clam, but she needed a new lower partial denture, but very difficult to move her around. And children, countless grandchildren, eager and willing to help. But the good news is she's 10 minutes from my practice and more good news, the treatment is palliative. And that is a hot term right now is palliative care, right? So making a denture there are many steps involved, but it's, you know, we, we, all we have to do is take impressions and everything is pretty much done outside of the mouth. I don't need all the dental stuff in a dental office to do a denture. So I remember inserting it on a Friday and it was very important that I did it by this Friday because that Sunday, she, the only place she would go to would be church. And she had a very special senior ladies guild meeting after church that Sunday. So she had to have her teeth. Okay. So as the story goes, my aunt wheels her in. And when she smiled, you only real, really saw her lower teeth. So everyone's like, Jeanette, you've got your teeth. And she told everyone that I made house calls. Um, this was a one and done. Love you, grandma. Uh, you know, Merry Christmas. Happy birthday. Happy grandparents day gift. Uh, no, this, I had never done this before. I was all into aesthetics and veneers and adult ortho, you know, when it was just coming out, I thought this stuff was so cool. And, you know, I got a frantic phone call from my aunt saying, I gave your number out to six different families. Can I tell you each one of them called? And I started looking into seeing that this was not neglect. This was not from lack of care. This was, we don't know what we don't know. And hospitals don't know. And because they're not looking in the mouth. And as soon as the person is no longer eating, they have a G-tube, not to get too technical, but as an example, 
the medicine, medical people don't think that the mouth is longer viable. And yet there's still a lot of stuff going on in there, especially if we have teeth. So that need to be addressed. Um, and also too, um, you know, something to, you know, think about when it, when it comes to this type of care is that we, once again, even more importantly, because these people are so medically compromised, we need to make sure that we're addressing overall health. I need to know what medications are on, how long they've been on them, if there's been a change in dosage, um, to, in order to help improve that mouth. And uh, saw every single one of them, my career trajectory completely changed. Didn't know if there was anybody else out there like me, but it was really, um, you know, one patient at a time. Wow. So talk about the topic of risk, right? That was a big risk to change your whole model of dentistry. And now you're going in the home and you're having great success. So I love that. Thank you. I love that you're just brave. And I'm going to encourage anybody listening today, you know, when you see a need, you get a calling, like you've been called to help these people in their homes. And that's such a beautiful thing. You know, go take the risk because it can be such an impactful opportunity. I can only imagine what you're doing. And then to, yes, you're caring for their their mouths and you're taking care of them from a medical perspective. But the fact that so many of our seniors don't actually see hardly anybody. Oftentimes they're the, some of the loneliest people, the fact that you're going to their home and serving them that way. I just thank you, Joy, because I think that's just a beautiful thing that the elderly are being taken such great care of. And so um, where are you at now, Joy? And so, if so I'm in Chicago. Talk- so I go, yeah. So Chicagoland, pretty much Northern Illinois is, is where I'm, I'm, I'm licensed in the state of Illinois. All so, right. Yeah. So Anybody that has seniors in Chicago area, get with Joy. We'll have her contact information down below. So let's talk a little bit about the business side of things. Absolutely. When you started your business, did you have a mentor? No. And that is such another great question. And I truly believe that is so important to have because I didn't have one. I'm telling everyone to go get one. And if you want me to be your mentor, I'm your gal, right? I'm, I'm, I'm your dentist. Um, because uh, you, we, not only will you have a fantastic relationship with that person and, and really learn from that person and, and building a relationship with that person, but it's also going to, it's, it makes your career and it makes your life way more efficient. And Absolutely. I think as women, we are all about being efficient. Yes. And having, you know, learned with some, you know, by someone who's already, you know, you're stepping in their shoes that they have created a path for you. Um, it's going to make your life that much easier and therefore make your business more efficient and you'll be more successful that way. So it's unfortunate that I, I didn't have one, um, not from lack of trying, uh, but there, in my, you know, what I do is, is um, especially when I started it 15 years ago, I really didn't know where to look quite honestly. And, you know, the different powers that be for dentists, um, there wasn't really um, much, much help. So yeah. yes, mentorship is so important. And now they're trying very hard to have that in, in dentistry, That's let alone awesome. every industry. I mean, that is so important. It really is. And I know I was very blessed. I had no idea what I was doing. I started my healthcare staffing practice at 25 and I didn't know what I was doing. And I had somebody that gave me a great piece of advice. 
surround yourself with people smarter than you and go get a great mentor. So I got in a group of CEOs who were all very successful. I was the only little kid, didn't have a clue what she was doing. Um, and they took me under their wings. Otherwise, who knows where I would have been. So I agree with you. What was like the best piece of advice that somebody did give you when you were building your business? So the, the dentist that I worked for, my last, the last dentist I worked for as an associate said, and when it came to marketing, he said, the first two years, spend as much money as possible marketing everywhere. And when he meant everywhere, he meant, you know, on, on the shopping carts at your grocery store. He meant, you know, the, all the free, you know, free papers, get your name out there. We're a lot you know, we have a, a lot easier now with social media, right? Because this right. shows how old I am. This is, you know, 2006. Um, but yeah, I truly believe you are marketing everywhere and you're paying to market. And then you start to see where you're getting your, you need to make sure that you're doing your research to make sure you know where the numbers are coming from. And then you start to scale back. But Absolutely. those first two years, I could not, you know, if I hadn't done that, um, and, and it was part of a bridge, you know, from, from doing the papers, you know, paper marketing to digital media. Um, if I hadn't done that, I don't think I'd be where I am now. Mm, very good. Sure. Well, and that's key. And in this, in these difficult times, oftentimes that's the first thing that people cut is their marketing and then their businesses, they just, they tank because they don't have the influx of the leads. And so taking the risk to do that and to spend that money, it's kind of scary when yeah. you're starting off to spend that kind of money, but the reality is it takes money to make money. And so you Absolutely. have to market. You you cannot effectively build a business without taking the time. And I just actually did some videos this last week on practicing, 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 because so many people, especially now that so much of our marketing is, is on social media, you have to be out there and doing videos. You have to be out there and be present if you want to scale on social media because people don't look at the little you know, pictures anymore. They want to know the person that they're dealing with. And so video is 10 times more impactful, actually probably 100 times. You know, the, that old saying is um, a picture is worth 100 words, right? And so video is worth a thousand words and taking the risk to go out there and put yourself out there on social media is scary to people. They don't want to take that risk, but if you're going to build business in this day and age, it's imperative. You gotta, you gotta, how else are they going to find you? Yeah, exactly. And it's, I mean, for me, I'm local. I can only go as far as my car can take. Well, me, I was thinking right? about but you. Yeah. Well, you could still do a lot of local stuff, but I was oh, and I do. you. You, you are, you might be better in the newspaper still because of who your demographic is. And that's why it's so important to know who your, who your avatar is. Who's your demographic? You have the elderly. Most of them aren't going to be on TikTok. Although I will say there are a lot on there. One of the grandmothers on there is like the number one person. It's crazy. Uh, but no, and, and you're, and you're absolutely right. And, you know, or, or church bulletin. You know, I will, I mean, I have two paper products that I, that I will market to. And one is the, my, the Basilica, um, you know, that is in our community. And I, I have 
from 2006, I have never stopped. And I think that's really important to know there's a neighborhood dentist that you can trust and, you know, and, and believe, so to speak. And then it's the local newspaper. You're absolutely right. Because, you know, we, our demographic in the neighborhood really runs the scale from, from young families starting out to those that are considering, you know, retiring and maybe downsizing. Um, but who can they go to? And then ultimately who can go to them? Right. Which would be, which would be me. I agree with you. And I also feel though, too, when you're, you know, after, you know, especially during this time, you know, we're still recovering. Let's face it. We're still recovering, you know, when scaling back occurs. Okay. So maybe you're not paying a third party to do it for you. Maybe you do have, or maybe you need to create the time to do it yourself for free. And I, and I really feel that when I, I actually started doing it myself, just so I could learn the ins and outs of, of, you know, social media so that I knew what I wanted. So that when I did have, you know, the, you know, the ability to pay someone to do it, I could tell them exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Um, and I think by doing it yourself first, number one, free. So that makes it a lot easier for a new company. But number two, you really learn your voice. And so then you can then tell the company that if you ever decide to hire a company to do it for you professionally, they can also learn your voice. Yeah, that that's good advice. I will say as a CEO or as a business owner, that is important to know what you want and mm. to be able to present it to the people. But you have to be careful with that because it is really easy to get into that mode of you being the admin person and not being up here. Really, yeah. as the CEO and the business owner, all that stuff needs to be outsourced. Now, do you do it short-term? Absolutely. We all rolled up our sleeves and did whatever it took to build our business from the scratch. But very quickly, you want to outsource that. You want to get that off your plate. And we actually at Masterpiece Women have created a um, social media platform where I hired a bunch of VAs from the missionary that I worked with. I connected with her in the Philippines because I saw all these people offering Filipino, you know, um, virtual assistants. And now we have six virtual assistants working for Masterpiece Women that are helping other women with their business, with their social media. Now we kind of looked at maybe doing everything. We've decided we're just landing on just managing their social media for them. And so we started managing some others and um, one of our, Um, Christian coaches, actually, her page literally went from 200 to 1000 in like two weeks. And we're like, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it was. It was incredible. So um, it's been fun to watch, but it's been so much more fun because we're helping these people in the Philippines who can't get positions right now. There's, you know, some, they're not job shortages. There is. And at the same time, they're getting a fair wage and the people in the U.S. are able to pay a little bit less. So it's kind of been a win-win-win for all of us. Absolutely. And so it's been really exciting. So when we talk about risk, I actually wrote something down when I was really thinking about like, you know, the acronym risk. It talks about risk is what? Number one, responsibility. We need to sense the need, right? And um, to take the, the responsibility to step forward to really make that impact. The second thing was initiative, even, um, you know, even if you don't have someone going ahead of you, even if you don't have that mentor, even if you don't have anybody that even agrees with you, if you feel like you're supposed to do it, go do it anyway. And I kind of feel like that a little bit with this other business that I have on, you know, that we're launching is that oftentimes people you know, may not agree with you and they may shun you and you have to just go, okay, if God called me to do it, I'm going to go do it. So despite of that, take the initiative. 
And then the S in risk is the sacrifice. It is a mm. sacrifice. If you're going to step forward and build a business, you're going to step forward and build a ministry, you're going to step forward and do anything, there's going to be sacrifice. Be willing to do the sacrifice that it takes to get there, but also make sure that you have your boundaries up. So what can you get rid of off your plate so that you can stellar focus? Like re most recently, I'm looking at my schedule and got a little crazy for a week and I went, okay, wait, I'm not going back into this crazy cycle. What do I need to take off of my plate? And so if it's not Masterpiece Women or it's not my fat loss business, I'm not doing it. Like in, anything in between that's not related, I'm like, no, I don't have capacity. No, I don't have capacity. So I'm staying stellar focused and we have to, we have to sacrifice something, right? But I would also say that S could also be sacrifice, comma, self-care right? Absolutely. So, so, you know, those go hand in hand. So yes, there's going to be some sacrifice, but still you are taking care of yourself while, while you're, you know, realizing what those boundaries are. That is, that is key. That's the boundaries, right? Because oftentimes when you are sacrificing, you are taking risk, those boundaries get left. Well, who suffers typically? It's the self it's taking care of us. Yeah. So that's so important, Joy. I agree. I'm going to change that to sacrifice slash self-care. Don't sacrifice the self-care. Yeah, <laughs> and the, exactly. And then the K in risk is knowledge, right? We okay. have to get the knowledge and the tools. And so whatever you are wanting to build, go find someone that has done it and watch them, mm -hmm. learn from them, take their Follow best them. practices and then implement those best practices. Like when I started doing Masterpiece Women, I honestly, I built a, you know, brick and mortar business was very successful there. However, I didn't know a whole lot about building an online platform and what that took or what I needed to do. So I got into a bunch of different groups and mentors and paid memberships and still am to learn from experts mm -hmm. so that then we can do what we need to do. So the K to me in risk is also you're taking a risk, but it's a knowledgeable risk. You need to know what it is that you're doing to be able to step forward but not be paralyzed if you don't know everything you just need to know enough to take the one step forward because then you learn as you grow and you practice and that's something we talked about this last week as well is that oftentimes people are so scared of being yes. not perfect that they don't take the risk to step forward and just start practicing and start right you know, stepping forward one step at a time. So I, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And it, it just starts with one, right? For me, yes, it was my grandmother. So I had, you know, and but then it was that next patient that I saw the following Monday, right? And, and then Absolutely. and it was the next patient. And now I've got the four patients and then or, or your client, you're not sure if you're ready to take on that first client, take on anyway, you know, take that client anyway, because this is the way you know, you're, you got to start somewhere. Right. And what do they, what do they say? Um, I'm going to get it wrong, but it's about uh, fake it. You make it right. You know, you just, you're just gonna, you're going to, you know, take on that client, even if you don't feel you have all your ducks in a row, because guess what? That's okay. You know, enough to know that you, that you can help this person out and you will be continuing to learn. And the only way we are going to learn and gain that knowledge, right, is by learning from that first client and second client and third client. Because what we put into that first, first few, when we still are, you know, gathering, you know, all our, you know, everything to make sure that we have a really solid business, 
the only way it's going to become solid is by having those clients and, and learning from those mistakes potential potentially to help service the next group right the next oh, client true, true. so i could not agree with you more and what are the greatest lessons that you've learned joy have they been from your failures or your successes failures exactly for sure absolutely take the risk because even if you fail so what so what one of my clients is like my like coach her she goes my famous is like so what so what so what's the worst thing that can happen you yeah. fail and you just okay. you learn a ton of stuff from it and you keep yeah. on going you know absolutely. every one of us have failed many many times the most successful people in the world have failed many times and I truly believe too is like when they're you know if if you start off successful fantastic but then I'm like, well, I'm doing everything right. I'm patting myself on the back and I'm not growing. And as a business you know, leader, right? As a, as a business innovator, we have to be learning and growing. I feel at all times because that's the only way we are going to be able to best serve our clients or best serve our patients. And so if, if I just had a string of success right from the beginning, fantastic, but I probably would have plateaued at some point and then not know right? Not have that knowledge of, okay, well, what am I doing wrong and how can I achieve more, right? 100%. So through those failures, I feel we can really, you know, expand that much more within, within our boundaries, right? You know, within what we're, you know, able to do um, based on those failures. I couldn't agree Absolutely. more. Absolutely. Well, and you know, when you look at the greatest people on, say on social media, for instance, the ones that are most successful, and just recently, one of my mentors, she's an eight-figure earner, she built all of her platform on social media and her advice was this, build your influence, mm. care about people mm. and do it scared and just build your influence because when people know you, they want to do business with you. They want, you're going to have the right people come to you because you have influence. You have people that start following you. And it's interesting because I'm not taking on a ton of one-on-one -on -one clients. As a matter of fact, I say no quite often because I just don't have capacity for one-on-ones. Mm -hmm. So I'm referring them to some excellent coaches we have in Masterpiece Women group. And people are like, well, how are you getting those clients? I'm, I'm not looking for them, but it's because I am on social media and people yeah. are seeing us out there and they're, they're now it's them coming to us. And that's really what it's all about. It's yeah pique their interest, get them interested in what you're doing, share the value to people of what you're doing, but expand yourself and take the risk and get out there, whether it's doing videos, whether it's doing, you know, um, posts and, but I'm, I'm going to refer back to, and I keep saying this over the last few weeks, because it's so important. People want to have entertainment and <laughs> especially now, do you know, like, I think the statistics are 34 million people have left Facebook to go to TikTok. And so if you notice, Facebook's really trying to get into more of the reels and do a lot more of that stuff. Well, it's because they're losing all the people to TikTok. Yeah. And so if we can capitalize and, you know, people do like the goofy stuff. I can't bring myself to do that. They're just going to have to like me the way I am. I had to be authentic. And, yeah. you know, that is really important too, is just to be authentic. Take the risk to be authentically you because that's who's going to be attracted to you. Yeah. Well, those are the people that are going to stay with you. If yeah. you're just being fake to, you know, get out there and be on social media to get everybody. Well, they're not going to stay with you because you weren't being authentically you. So, yeah. And I, and I really you. feel too with, with, with video as well. It shows your passion. It 100%. shows your drive. 
it shows uh, the true meaning of the reason why you're doing it in the first place, why you even are taking the time, right? Because time is so precious. And so by, you know, by doing the reels, by doing the videos, um, it, it really, and it, it's so easy to do now. And guess what? That's free too, right? Um, right. And now that LinkedIn is doing that as well, they're doing the whole video thing. They have this massive campaign right now to do videos. Um, good for them. I think, you know, is it was, you know, the time has come uh, because you can learn from someone so quickly in that 20 second blurb of whether or not you want to do business with them or even follow them. And going back to the mentor thing, you know, maybe even a formal mentor is not even really all that's necessary anymore. Just by following people on TikTok or following people on, on LinkedIn, you will learn what they're doing that is making successful. You can see how many likes they get or how many comments they get or how many shares that they get, which is so helpful for us, right? This is all great information and great knowledge to see, okay, well, this person's doing this and this, this is the reason why they're successful. Let me watch their videos. Not that you want to copycat them, but you, you know, you can learn a lot from what the successful people are doing in order to help promote yourself in your own way Absolutely. with your own. And I will say this, you know, it's interesting because just recently I had someone and someone that I respect greatly say to me, I love your videos, Tina. I watch them every day when you post them. She's never once liked one that I've seen. <gasps> so, but what my point to that is good though, is that you don't take it personally and don't oh, well think that you're not affecting people just because you don't get a bunch of likes. Don't base your value on those likes. Oftentimes people don't take the time to do that True, because- they just don't. Yeah. And so I will encourage people not to, to be scared and not to feel like you're not good enough. And so you don't want to take the risk to get out there because you don't get a bunch of likes. Don't base it on the likes because that's not always the case. So um, well said. I actually no, went no back and I was you're absolutely at another right. person who said something to me recently too. I thought, well, they're not even subscribed, but they watch my videos. I'm like, okay, well, that's good. So <laughs> Yeah. You don't know who you're impacting because if, even if you impact one person for good, it's worth it. I agree with you, know? you completely. Yeah. And you can also see too on LinkedIn and also that other um, social business, social media um, website, Alignable, you can see how many impressions have been made, right? So they may not like it, but they can also see, you can also see the people that actually took the time to open up the article that you are promoting or you yourself, your video that, you know, that you are, um, that you're putting out there. So, okay, yeah, maybe they didn't like it, but for you, you can see how many impressions you made. That I think is equally, if not more important. Absolutely. I agree hundred percent. So Joy, what would be the piece of advice that you would give to the ladies who are launching their businesses to take the risk? What would it be that you would give a takeaway as we close and wrap up today? Go for it. Do it. Um, I truly believe that as women, we, we really can be fantastic, efficient business innovators and, biz and business entrepreneurs. If you truly feel that you have something and that is going to help improve people's lives or help improve your life, or is this something that everyone would be um, appreciative of, then do it. And, and one step at a time, it's baby steps. And sometimes it's two step forward, one step back. And you know what? That's okay. Because if you have that passion and that drive and you have another person who can help you and then you can get another person and so on and so forth, um, you will thrive Absolutely. and you will not just survive. You will thrive. So there you go. That. 
We want to thrive, not survive. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, we talked a lot about social media today. So I'm going to throw this out there to you, ladies. On our website, there's free calendars for October, November, and December to help you with what, because many of you don't take the risk to really build your platform on social media because you don't know what to post. Well so said. go on there, sign up for it. It'll automatically send you the videos, you can download them and utilize those. And that comes from an eight figure earner that built her platform on social media. And so that's how she did it. And um, it's by building the influence and it gives you step-by-step. So go to our website, masterpiecewomen.org and download those. And we look forward to seeing you or you seeing us on the next, next podcast. Thank you for being with us, Joy. Oh, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Good luck with it. Thank you. (laughs)